triumph in the trap. This is a dog. <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? Hey, I play chess, but only in 4D. I'm by myself, but they think I'm 4D. When they see me online, they think they know me. Go ahead, like and subscribe. You gotta show me. I applied pressure and they tried to reject it. Clearly, ain't see I was a diamond, so they didn't accept it. Told me I was a failure, so I said, F it. Might even start my own school and teach them a lesson. Yeah, I'ma call it South Harmon. Huh. Fly down south and get the south popping. <laughs> One day, I'ma give you a walkthrough and introduce you to this walk too. <laughs> I know you lost, that's just dynasty talk Cause you can't start no franchise without no dynasty talk I took a break from the game, they throw my dynasty stop Till I came back like Wimbyama, I feel like Coach Pop I can't say that I'm the GOAT, cause you ain't gonna agree But if I own my own farm, I can make the GOAT Me, the ladies love the beard, and they used to love the goatee That's when I was a lamb, burning music on CDs I wasn't born in 88 December 87, I was 16 days away Might fly to Dallas, why not? I just got paid today When I land this dirt statue, I came to fade away Check the timeline for the stories and the play-by-play My life a Patreon link, you gotta pay to play I worked 16 hours, boy, that's an 8 and 8 X-Factor like Dez Bryant, my boy 88 Why dream light when you living like a heavyweight? This ain't a one-week thing, we grind like every day They know my destination, Devi, like I I hang with Ray. If they ain't know my name, I bet they know my name today. Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today. Drop, drop this on Fizzle Friday, cause that's my favorite day. And I'm gonna do it my way, cause that's my favorite way. They tried to put me on the shelf like I'm layaway. Told me it ain't no way, so I made a way. Huh? Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you're here today. Welcome to South Harm and I'm glad you here today. I'm glad you here today. Welcome to South Harm and I'm glad you here today. I'm glad you here today. Hit that Patreon link if you here to stay. Huh? Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the South Harmon Spotlight is proud to bring to you one half of the player profiler mock draft tag team champion of the world, Mr. Matty Kiwoom of patreon.com forward slash the executives. Ah, oh, a dear friend in the space, and I'm so happy that I get to spotlight him tonight while we watch two Monday night football games. Shame on you, NFL, too, for not spacing these out, right? They should have been one after the other. But other than that, Matty, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. I mean, this is a cool series that you're doing to be able to talk outside of football. But I'm not going to lie, when this thing is in front of me, all I want to do is talk football. So it's just like immediately with a game being on, I just want to be like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? But, you know, we're talking about other stuff today. We're getting away from fantasy, and I couldn't be any more excited to, to come on and shoot the shit with you, Michael. Well, just a little bit. I mean, fantasy football is like a magnet. We're going to get pulled back there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're definitely making it back. We're inside the first minute, and I'm like, oh. 
Uh, already. You already got that urge. I'm not that interesting. So what are your takes on Jaden Reed? <laughs> so what are your takes on this? No, Maddie, uh, what are you all doing these days, right? You got the executives going on. You're still over a player profiler. I know mm-hmm. you do the game plan. Uh, trade gods, is that still going on as well? Anything else that you got in the works over there? Yeah, so got the do I'm doing the cornerback ranking. So I've kind of uh, been I've been given, well, not given, but I've been uh, offered the chance to carry the baton two ways for Cody, which is awesome because you know he's my guy. Cody's my boy. Like, we've become legit friends. We're doing the executives together. And, like, he's been, like, awesome. He's been as awesome as you and Adam. I mean, you guys, the three of you guys have been just the shit. And it's true. It's true. You guys are awesome. And seeing the success on South Harmon brings legit happiness to my heart because like you guys are awesome and you guys rocked with me before, you know, we even had these nice mics before the backgrounds look dope. Uh, and so it's just sick to see you guys on the come up but Cody's been there for me since I started playing profiler. So to start that with the executives was sick. And like I was saying, so I'll be doing the cornerback rankings that he used to do also the future cast. So now uh, I'm doing the future cast with Theo Greminger talking prospects. And again, like Cody's helped me kind of see football in a, clearer lens for fantasy because i've been so used to just numbers and not understanding a damn thing that's happening i never i never played organized football so like all of my references is madden or in the backyard so it's like i don't have the football knowledge like i have of other sports coach helped me see that it's crept into college already in terms of watching on saturdays preparing for the next the group of kids that'll be in fantasy and just getting excited for that so like carrying the baton over there has been dope Game plan, like you mentioned, Trade Gods is now every other Wednesday uh, with me and Jason Allwine. So they were on last week, but I was traveling. I was in Chicago. So he was, he, he you know, he did it with uh, Matt Babich and Seth Diewald, two of our boys over there. Uh, and they killed it. So they've been doing that. And then that's, that's it. Future cast, the game plan, and Trade Gods. That's, that's it over at Player Profile. And then me and Cody. Uh, we just started the hurdle, which was a lot of fun last week. Yeah. Cody's been a beast, bringing a show sheet, and I kind of just been able to show up and just get my Stephen A on, just get my takes out, have some fun <laughs> with it, and that's every Tuesday, Wednesday, Fridays. That's a, that's a lot of fun. It's incredible. You're a hardworking dude, man. You and Cody both. That's why you're a perfect pair. You guys go hard in the paint for sure. <laughs> you guys, yeah. you guys even get a day off. <laughs> Do you I mean, yeah, for your sure. significant I, others get to see you guys at all? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I got I got a wife, three kids, and like you know, they they don't get, I can't sacrifice for them. So a lot of the times when I'm recording, it's at night. Like you know, you were awesome enough to start at eight thirty, so I could get you know, get the kids to bed and get on for a little while and talk with you. Every time you ask me on AMAs, it's at night, so it's like that's just kind of when I can grind. Uh, and then luckily, my day job, I'm in sales. So every once in a while, you know, I mean, don't tell anyone here, but someone may or may not in the office who may or may not be male or female, <laughs> I will not accuse, may or may not uh, think and perform fantasy football content tasks that may or may not happen within company hours. Allegedly. Allegedly. It's all, alleg- it's all allegedly. Once told by, uh, that's an old wives tale. Oh, and where did this notion too? like, we're, we're in the fantasy space now, and I think we can say we're, I mean, we're established, all right? Last year was our, our rookie year, if you want to say yes. it. We always joke, too, That's we came in the same true. rookie draft class together yeah. <laughs> for yeah. fantasy content yeah. creators. I think we're established now. We're, we're, we're second-year vets, all right? This, yes, is, we're this is where we're at. 
we're still on our first contract, so we're still, <laughs> <laughs> lot to prove, lot to prove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing's given. All right, nothing's guaranteed. But where does this notion come from in the fantasy space too? That if you didn't play football, like you're not qualified to talk about football in any capacity. You know, I see this shit all the time with, especially with women in the industry, with like Mina Kimes. It's like, mm-hmm. listen, man. Like I played football. I talk about football all the time. But it doesn't make me any more knowledgeable or less knowledgeable than what Mina mm-hmm. Kimes is out here spitting or what anybody else is. Fuck it. If you know ball, you know ball. <laughs> whether it's from the right. analytics, whether it's from watching film, like Cody's experience. Like Cody has a wealth of knowledge on football from being around the game forever. But the same thing, man. Don't ever sell yourself short. Maddie, you, you look at the game through numbers, living up to it, and you're just expanding. But you've been passionate about football for forever, and that's what we're going to dig into this show. How did you even get started in the fantasy space? Like, what what got you in your first fantasy football league? My first fantasy league period was actually a baseball league. Uh, and it started in, I it was eighth grade. So I'm 35, so this is a long time ago. Hey, hey, don't, don't age us, all right? People think I'm, I'm young even though I got great. Well, you're 27, 27, right? 27. You're, like you said, you're on your rookie contract, dude. You're your rookie 21 with, uh, you know, 15 years experience. That's how I look at it. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, because you don't truly start until 21 because you can't fully Correct. understand. Like, there are certain monu- like monumental moments in your life, right? Like, when you turn 16, the, you're 16 and a half, 17, whatever the age is in your state, you can drive without a parent. You don't yeah. remember what it was like before beforehand that it could exist. exist. And then well, when you turn 21, it's the same thing. The second you can go to a bar and just drink, you you have completely forgotten what life was like when you were hey mistering people to get you booze so you and your buddies could rip a six-pack of Schmitz, you know, <laughs> in the woods. Uh, we always went with the steel reserve because, you know, it was cheap, but it had that extra alcohol content in it, you know, so. Uh, get wacky. Shout out to anybody who knows me in real life, too. I, I didn't drink until I was 21. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, was, allegedly, allegedly, someone that may or may not be named Michael had drinks prior to the age of 21. Allegedly. 15-year-old bearded me. <laughs> you imagine that? We used to. So me, like my cousin's house, who's I love my cousin. We're, we're in the my, my longest-running fantasy football league, which is kind of part of the subject we're talking about. Uh, we used to. He used to live near uh, like a Little League Diamonds, all the Little League Diamonds, and it was lined by woods. And we would get, you know, it was like, uh, it would be like some Mike's Hard Lemonade beers oh, yeah. and some like Southern Comfort. We'd get a little box, we'd run it into the woods, drop it in the woods. And then his mom would go, my aunt would leave, and we'd run back to the woods and we would just start taking stuff back. And then we would just drink them over there. We only got caught like once. It was wild. Nice. Nice. It was fun, and it was like my grandparents were cool because they were they were they would they lived with my cousin, my aunt, so they'd be upstairs, we'd be downstairs, and they wouldn't tell on us. And there's <laughs> like knew? in ret- in retrospect, there's no way that they didn't hear us. No, no, no. Who who knew the the South Harbor spotlight was going to take such a wild turn to diving into alleged underage <laughs> alleged alleged alleged? Like I said, in that time, I may or may not have been 22. We allegedly told that story around a campfire as a, uh, a narrative if you will, allegedly. Yeah. If, if this were to have happened, this is based, what it would have been Based like. on true-ish events, not actual events. <laughs> based on true-ish events. If I were to write a funny movie, that would be the, the, the one of the scenes that I would have written for someone who may or may not be of 21 of age. I love it. So you first get into fantasy through baseball. 
Now that mm-hmm. is one thing I've only I think I've played in one fantasy baseball league. It was a free league on like CBS or some shit. I just remember it because I I drafted uh, Bryce Harper and Mike Trout during their rookie years. So that that's the only memorable thing I have. But as you can see, I didn't do well with the rest of my team because it never stuck. <laughs> never yeah. Well, back, hey, but... and if it was a dynasty league, you were stuck to it, and you would have had two of the best outfielders in baseball Forever. throughout the. It would have been fun as hell. Yeah, I would that's been a that's legend. where I got started. And then in I played I didn't play football. Well, you know, you play like I don't know if you did this like in high school, you'd play and you get ten or twelve guys you draft, and by Halloween, no one was checking. Right. Right. So you get like, some of those, yeah, you get some of those friends leagues where you know they're dead after like week five. <laughs> they're dead after week five. Everyone's like, Who won? Who won? And then like you join a league with no one that you remember, you go to like Yahoo and just join a random league because there was no mock drafts back then. So if you right. wanted to draft, you got in the league. And so I was, you know, doing all that in high school. But then in college, it got serious, more serious. I, I had uh, uh, like the I think what changed was in high school, my buddies that I played fantasy with played and I played sports in high school too. So like there was other shit to care about. When we went to college, it was just school and free time. Like we didn't weren't playing sports. We were only like doing intramural crap. So it wasn't like you weren't committed. So then it was like seeing what fantasy could be like with a little bit of commitment when you could win some money. It was a, it was a blast. When I moved back home, because I went to school in California, I live in Mass, it was like 2011, that year, like day of, it was the Sunday before Labor Day, which is now the league's draft every year. We got 12 guys together uh, on a whim, and most of the guys are still together in the league today. So that's what really kicked off my competitiveness. And like that was the first league where I paid 50 bucks. And back then, you know, you're scrapping for beer money, like 50 bucks is a commitment. So all of a sudden, guys, you know, guys gave a shit. And then we beefed up through a hundo. And it was like, all right. All right. And so then that, that got my love of fantasy. And then once you're in a home league where you want to win, you start listening to Matt Barry. I listen to Matt Barry, Nate Ravitch, yep. fantasy and ESPN, which then got into CBS. And then that's what got me to spin off over a few different things. And then eventually Matt Kelly. So I listened to the player profiler, which led me to Ray Garvin, which he did the future cast. Which then led me to Destination Devi, which led me to you guys, which is now like was, you know, the inspiration building to start doing content, uh, and then fantasy football. Like last year was, I would say, my first true year at going hard in the paint. Before that, it was like once a week we'd get together for an hour. You remember Chris Jones? Yep, Chris was the man. Uh, he's a now coaching superstar coach here in Massachusetts. He's got his team two and zero. Really looking at time. some, Mr. looking at serious time. playoff aspirations. So shout out Jones. Talk to him today because he still owes me a hundred bucks for the fantasy baseball league. Let's Don't go. thank you for I freaking forgot Jones. But yeah, it just then it became fantasy. Just became it was like it was like this, and I bet it was this is like part of why we always we've always clicked since day one. Is at the end of the day, you're about it. You love fantasy football long before you ever talked to him into a microphone about it. So you're really about it in the streets. You're in the fantasy streets. You and Adam both, and that's what I was. I was in it. I was trying to win, and I've only just given that advice as i've done content so it's like you know if if i'm doing a show about trades and someone's in my league they're gonna know what my plan is for that league they're gonna know who i'm trying to buy they're gonna know who i'm trying to sell i'm as transparent as you can be because the only way i can do this and feel like feel have it be fun is just like throwing up on the mic with my thoughts that i've had all week for fantasy so that's just kind of how i was like hey if i'm gonna talk about it and think about it all the time i might as well freaking Get some might cool well equipment it. and throw it online. 
Right. Maddie, think think back to some of your earlier leagues. Are there any like picks that, that stood out to you football wise that you, you made that were good or bad, but like the most memorable ones you have from your early days? Like example for mine, uh, you know, my first ever keeper pick. So we had this uh this weird it's it the league's still going on. It's in its like I think overall it's probably in its thirtieth year, but I've been in it for twenty two years at this point. So it's a That's ten awesome. man it's a 10-man league. It started out as my stepdad's work league, and then as mm-hmm. people dropped out, you know, man, Mike's got a passion for, for football, you know, fantasy football. We'll have him join the league, and, you know, I've been in there ever since. But my first one that I ever made, my first pick that I ever made, I can remember the most memorable one I have is I made a keeper selection, and we used to do this weird thing where anybody you drafted in the sixth round, you got to keep for three years. Right, so it was just this rotating. Yeah, whoever you took in the sixth round was important. I took Matt Jones one year. Now Matt Jones, <laughs> the, Matt Jones. the Arkansas quarterback who converted <laughs> to wide receiver and then converted to be a lover of uh, all things powdered sugar up his nose. <laughs> right? So that was my most memorable one. What about for you? Was there anybody that stands out, good or bad, uh, that you can remember from those early days? So which is this league you're in now? Is it still eight, ten teams, or, or is still, it graduated still t- more? Still 10 teams. We've streamlined it a little bit just because of my content schedule. I'm the commissioner. I run and put everything together. Um, we got it transitioned over to Sleeper a couple of years ago, which was a big win. Uh, we graduated from uh, standard scoring, which was disgusting, <laughs> to uh, we're fancy now, half PPR. Yes. Half PPR with a flex spot, too. Look at us go. So, yes. uh, yeah. We're a little bit more sophisticated, but yeah, it's it's still ten team, still ten team. It's the only ten team league you're ever gonna find me in, <laughs> ever. <laughs> the evolution of fantasy leagues is beautiful. If you're like you know, if you started out in fantasy as like a like a portfolio guy where you have hundreds of leagues and it's all about the the algorithm of, of fantasy football as yeah. opposed to the, the love of it, I feel bad because seeing the evolution of a league. It's it's fantastic. I'm, I'm in the same boat. This league that I was talking about. It's like no keepers, two keepers, three keepers, ten keepers, PPR. Now we're on sleeper. We have two flex spots, so it's like we're growing the thing. Ooh, you know, yeah. we're trying to grow the rosters. It's just it's the the evolution of it is fun. Uh, but this league again, this is if any type of personal questions. We're going to be talking about the Golden Pony Fantasy Football Experience. That's that's the passion league. You know, we Let's all have go. a home league. That's it. This will be the one. And I remember this was my first sharp take ever when it comes to fantasy football i had drafted antonio brown at some point in the draft uh it was like later not super late it wasn't like a crazy sleeper but like say fifth round sixth round and i had uh maurice jones drew that was my first round pick from the year before from the first year we ever had the league so i was going to keep him and then i ended up keeping antonio brown and keeping antonio brown i had him his entire career and the thing is nice that's having Antonio Brown. He brought me many championships, multiple championships, performances. I'll always remember his performances. They stick out because of the, like, like you know, fantasy championship in 2019, whatever it was, when he dominated the Saints for 200 yards and two tutties. That won me a league. Like, Legend. that was the best pick I ever made. He was my favorite player. And then he went fucking Vontez Perfect. I will forever have a, a grudge against Vontez Perfect because when he shook that brain loose, he made that boy a demon. Made him a wild boy, and he was never ever able to really rally it in. When if he did, like we'd be talking about Antonio Brown, like we, they talked about Jerry Rice. We'd be talking about Antonio Brown, like he was the greatest to ever do it. 
he was on an insane pace. And even yeah. the year he did the old naked jumping jacks off the sideline of the Jets, he was still Brady's most effective wide receiver in Tampa. Like he was just so always high, you know, I just brought a run guy, just nasty. But when I made that pick, I was like, you know what, guys, I think this guy has a chance to be the number one receiver in the league. And like my buddy's like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the guy you keep, right, is the one that's going to be the guy. And I was like, yeah. And he was. So like that was the pick that I was just always like, I got his rookie card up here somewhere. And for, you know, I know this is audio. So it's, I have a shelf behind me with just some random cards and Antonio Brown's cards up there. Of course, I bought it uh, two days before the Jets incident. So I bought it for like 35 bucks. It's probably worth like 15 cents now. People, people are going to forget, man, but I'll throw it back to a little bit of old school football knowledge since you're bringing this in, right? Do you remember, uh, like, when he got drafted? I believe it was in like 2010 ish, right? I'm, I'm looking it up here. 2010 was uh, Antonio Brown's first year. Mike Wallace was also on that team, the Pittsburgh team. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike Wallace, you know, towards the end of his career, uh, we have a sour taste in our mouths about how that ended, but Pittsburgh Mike Wallace was something different, right? He was, he, he was kind of, yeah he was he was a stud but do you remember there was two wide receivers who came in in 2010 two of them for Pittsburgh they drafted two guys right so in 2010 uh neither one of them really had like big big games but the other guy actually had bigger moments so when you head into 2011 Maddie kind of around there you're looking at it and you're going like I don't know which one of these guys is going to be the one who takes over the reins like who's going to be that that complement to Mike Wallace yeah the other guy was Emmanuel Sanders. Right. You remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and that, and like you, I just remember that being like looking in retrospect, being like, man, that was a ridiculously good three wide receiver set. That at the what time, like you unit. mentioned, it was who's going to play second fiddle to Wallace. Yep. yep. Turns out they were all freaking nasty. I, I think the only thing like Antonio Brown really had going for him was uh, the dynamic ability he had his rookie year on punt return. Like, Oh, he was like so just, good in special just, teams. Yeah. And that was kind of the leg up he had, but it actually looked like it was going to be Emmanuel Sanders in 2011, and it, uh, turned out to be a uh, turned out to be one Antonio Brown. <laughs> and Emmanuel Sanders kind of took a backseat, though, not for long, <laughs> not for long after Mike Wallace nope. left town. It was uh, the Antonio Brown and, and Emmanuel Sanders, and then Emmanuel Sanders eventually moved on to other teams. But mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of remember that debate too, like being around fantasy football at that time in the home leagues, like trying to figure out which one of those dudes you were going to draft. You knew you wanted one of them. You just couldn't figure out who. And look at you, the savant out here calling that's, the Antonio that's Brown funny. thing. I love and, it. And, and, like, the, you recall that it's like right, It's like jogging my memory. Because I even remember when Antonio Brown got like a five-year deal. It was like they made their choice. And like I remember as like a fantasy owner being like, we got the, we got the guy. Because Ben was always slinging it. And Ben was – you know, Ben was Ben. He sucked it for so many reasons. But in fantasy, I mean, the dude was just a fantasy gamer. He right. always chucked it when you needed it. It was just like, oh, what an it offense. Was, uh, I mean, that offense was fantastic. I remember having a lot of conversations with my stepdad about Ben Roethlisberger for the longest time because, you know, when he entered the league, he had so much success early. But so much of that success was built off of right Pittsburgh running the football. It was built off of... Uh, them playing good dynamite defense, you know, one of the perennial powerhouses every single year. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, the win record looked really good, but the stats never did. And you always kind of wondered when was going to be the year that they really opened it up for Ben Roethlisberger. And, mm-hmm. you know, about that 2011 season, Maddie, that's when he kind of made that jump because up until then he'd never eclipsed 500 pass attempts. And then 2011, all of a sudden you're looking at 513. I guess I take that back. 2019 he had 506. So 
but you know those early years right 295 268 uh he had a 469 a 404 and he was always just kind of this efficient game manager type mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, he uh, was he was like early sir- brady 20 pass attempts surgical with him ran right. the shit out of the ball play defense and then uh, it just seemed like start of the 2010s, man. Start of that era, they were like, fuck yeah. it. <laughs> but, well, fuck what they three, realized is what we didn't know the at the time. We'd throw the football. At the, at the time, we were like, oh, man, this is, I mean, these guys are pretty good. It's like, no, Wallace, Sanders, Brown, Heath Miller. Like, let's rock and roll. You know what I'm saying? They were fucking Rashad Mendenhall. Like, they were they were bricked up, ready to rock and roll. We were like, these guys are pretty good. We just didn't have the stats back good. then. We just didn't know. We just didn't know back then. We just had to, you know, fantasy football was played within the months of fantasy football. It wasn't played 24, uh, I mean, 365. Like, fantasy's right. become all year round. But, but you remember the days where it was like, oh, it's August 3rd. Let me go let me do some fantasy football research. 100%. Yeah, you used to get the magazines. You used yeah. to go to the drafts with the magazines, and you got your stuff highlighted. You'd been reading it for about, like, two weeks, three weeks before your actual draft, and you think you know everything. <laughs> Like the thing I used to do too back in the day, I don't know if you did this at all, Maddie. It's old school me, but I used to figure out what the other magazines, the people in my league were reading and make sure I get a copy <laughs> of those, right? Because I want to know who's telling them what they're doing. <laughs> I wanted that I wanted that 4D chess. Not only did I want my information, but I wanted to see what everybody else was going to do and then try to formulate a plan. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't know if you had this moment. Did you ever have this moment? playing fantasy football where uh, you realize that the work you put in was not the work that your league mates were putting in. No. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. There was a moment you were just like, Oh, like you don't want to be a dick, but you're like, Oh, that's cute. Oh, Oh, a lot, a lot more, uh, a lot more casual. Right. (laughs) I'm treating it like it's a job and like this, uh, you know, this $30 entry fee that I'm paying on my home league every single year is going to make or break me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need that money. <laughs> you know, so what? And I remember this moment for me. And this is pretty early on, and this is no shade at ESPN at all. But at the time, ESPN—I mean, they're the pioneers. The, you know, there are people out there who do fantasy content like we do that are getting paid by Disney. So right. it's like shout-outs to them. That's the coolest. That's the pinnacle. Yes. Uh, so this is no shade at them, but you can also remember a time where ESPN became surface stats. And you did, you know, other websites were the real shit, right. like snap counts, the target shares, yep. air yards. Those, yep. the, those were the stats that were, what made a difference in casual leagues. And ESPN just at the time wasn't really doing that. That was, They were always kind of like, let's stay, you know, right the, the safest floor, highest floor, lowest risk type, type stuff when it comes to fantasy. And I remember my buddy who always talks shit, you know, he was a three-time champ at this point, so he had, or a two-time champ at this point in the league, so he knew his shit. And he's like, buddy my my rankings my rankings don't even know wait till you see them i mean i got i've been you just have no idea and i was like damn this dude's into it this guy's gonna fucking kill it again and then he he left his papers on the table and i went to go look and they were matthew barry's love hate list and you know (laughs) this is no shade at matthew barry he's literally the goat he's the greatest of all time i've read his book i am a fanboy till i die if i met him in person yo it's fucking the guy who's in the league he's been in adventures he is the shit but there was a moment in fantasy history where if you were relying on Matt Barry and I was relying on you name the website at the time, it was like, oh, I'm going to bury you. Yes. And that, yeah. I remember that moment. I was just like, oh, okay. 
So yeah, yeah it's like I ingested Matt Berry's list. I knew everything, all of his player takes by August second. It's like you know what I mean. Like I already knew all this stuff, and he was like, "Yeah, you don't know my secrets, my secret rankings. I got these secret rankings you don't even know about." And I was like, "Oh, dude, I already read that guy's book. You don't think I know Matthew Berry's love hate list? Like it was just so funny." It was like people are out here, uh, you know, they they were cooking up their their fantasy strategy, but the, what they were cooking up was a uh, well done well done sirloin that they got on sale at the grocery <laughs> store, you know, because it was about to go bad. And I'm like, "Yo, have you checked out this?" Uh, medium rare wagyu filet mignon that i got here right? this like, is the shit yeah. <laughs> just say it yes but at the same time steak. you're like tucking it away you're like no no, no you, you can't, can't get have, it you no. can't have this yes you're and now here you and i just on microphones being like here here's everything we've ever learned here's all of our expertise well you think about it too a lot of the stats at least back in the days from the numbers perspective were some of the most lazy lazy analysis you could do right like we're gonna look at oh, running backs yeah. based on yards per carry who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> this guy had the most touchdowns last year. Ooh. And now here we are like, oh, touchdowns. You mean like the thing that can just poof, be gone in the fucking yeah, the, nothing? The things that we always look at now when we go, oh, you know, people will still give you that analysis. This guy didn't score any touchdowns last year. And I go, you know what that means for this year? He's going to score some fucking touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you take what he did last year, add a few touchdowns on it, and then tell me how you feel about it. <laughs> right? They just think it's going to be the same from year to year. Like, stop. Right. 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 So, like so much. QBs with the... going in round two, like in yeah. redraft. It's like, what do you mean? You're going to pass about Peyton Manning? What are you, nuts? Yeah. How dare like, you? Oh, you're right. Let me take him seventh overall. Listen, that shit still happens, okay? No, so no shade, but <laughs> my uh, my old man desperately wants to win this uh, this retirement community. So he's retired down in uh, Jimmy Buffett, rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett's uh, retirement community, Margaritaville, down in Daytona Beach, right? So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of older people down there. Not that my dad's older; he's one of the youngest guys there. He just happened to be retired really early, and this is where he's living in paradise. But He's in a fantasy football league down there. Now it's standard scoring <laughs> on ESPN. It is 12-team, okay? But think about Reddit. this, Maddie. Standard scoring, you know, I think it's like start six or seven. I don't even know what yeah. the fuck it is. Defensive <laughs> kicker? Right. Yes, yeah, still defensive kicker. Yep. Dad goes, hey, can you draft this? Like, I want to win this desperately. You do this for a living. <laughs> I'm going, okay, Dad. <laughs> like, I, like I can't make any guarantees because you get smaller lineups. You know, it's redraft. Mm-hmm. It's standard scoring. All the fucking variance comes into play. Like some turd who's so much nothing. more about luck. Yeah. Some turd who's never watched a football game in their life can just auto draft sometimes and win these leagues. Like it's not <laughs> that. It's, but you know, I'll do my best. We get in this draft, Maddie. I shit you not. There's five quarterbacks going the first round, and it's not like it's boosted quarterback score or anything. And I'm just going yep. like, what the fuck? Well, you gotta have your quarterback. <laughs> what? The it's a quarterback driven league. You gotta get your QB. <laughs> What is going on here? One QB league? We got five. Listen, sometimes I got to talk people into drafting quarterbacks in super flex redraft. Yeah. They're like, I ain't taking them in the first round. Right, right. You got people in one QB going, yep, yep. <laughs> I'm taking Patrick Mahomes 101 overall. <laughs> going, yep. Did I just get you... a dynasty super flex startup? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and then, and then they double tap quarterback in round four. So at the 401, they go, you know who Anthony Richardson? Like, well, you got to have a good backup here. It's the most <laughs> important position. It's a QB driven league. You need to get your QBs. I let everybody do however they want a fantasy, but too that that home league that's been going on forever. I watched a guy take three tight ends in a row. Right, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> 
were the first two. I was like, what? What are we doing? <laughs> we got like a mid-round tight end horde going on here. You know, you should get you should get a you should get a little sounder that whenever you're on Zoom or whenever you're in person with the buddies, you just go instead of womp womp womp, it was warp warp warp. <laughs> So when they just make picks like that, when oh, they're just completely ignoring what they could have selected, you hit the warp, warp, warp. That's great. All right, Maddie. So you got this fantasy journey, and this is kind of how you get into it. And then you know it's a damn addiction. You just get into more and more and more and more and more and more and more until you're all of a sudden you're looking at like 40 leaks. <laughs> like, what the hell That's am true. I doing? Yes. <laughs> But how did you decide to get into doing content? Like, what what pushed you over that edge? Where you? Because it's a leap. It's a leap. It's a you're putting yourself out there for people to ridicule you, right? You're putting yourself mm-hmm. out there, whether it's through what you write, whether it's through just doing an audio podcast. Somebody tell you that you you sound like you got two pork chops in your mouth. I think I've seen that comment that come my way, which is hilarious. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm out here doing a podcast with two pork okay. chops in each cheek. I love it. Um, <laughs> or you get yourself on vid- uh, video, and then people really go hard hard at you. But like, what what caused you to go? You know what? I just love doing this. I'm ready to to take the jump. What led to that? Dude, so the podcasting, getting into podcasting for me, is, is a little bit of a long one, if you don't mind. Because it, it, it's, it's a good thing it's an hour show, baby. It, it's all about it doesn't, you. It doesn't start with fantasy, per se. So uh, I listen to comedy podcasts a lot. I uh, love them. I don't listen to music anymore, really. So it's like Joe Rogan's on, you know, Are You Garbage, Brilliant Idiots, you know, all these shows. So I've been listening to podcasts. And uh, around the time where I got in to podcasts, I started working where I work now. But I started uh, like in the machine shop. I was just working a machine. So I have my headphones in, eight hours of podcasts. is an insane amount of podcasts. Yeah. It's but I loved it. I loved the whole aspect of just talking shit. I loved all of it. And then, you know, you find, you, you eventually find fantasy baseball, fantasy football, and then you get into the, the podcast stuff. So me and my buddies would do these podcasts where we would record on a physical Zoom mic. Right. Like we were all we were all doofuses. We couldn't figure out how to get it on the internet in the right way. So right. we have these insane two-hour conversations where we're drinking and just being idiots, probably things that I probably would never want other people to hear because we were just idiots. And, you know, so we started doing it, but I could never get it online, but I loved it. I just love podcasts. So I kept listening to shows and shows and shows. And a buddy of mine that I used to work with at Dick Sporting Goods when I was in college started a Boston sports podcast network thing where it was called Boston Sports on Tap. And they would do a show, him yeah. and his him and his partner would talk about Boston sports. And I was just like, hey dude, like how do you do this? Like how do you how do you do all this stuff? And he's like, well, you know, blah 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 blah. He's like, do you want to come do content with us? And I was like, sure, what do you want? He's like articles. So I started writing articles. I wrote my very first articles about uh, the Red Sox rookie draft. Um and it was like I'd do articles, and then they'd get me on the podcast every once in a while, and I, I loved it. I, I mean, the one thing I told myself early on was, don't buy anything, because the mistake I made was I bought the Zoom mic, I bought, I, you know, I used my laptop, I, I invested in a show I couldn't even get on the internet. So I was like, you know what, you're not right. gonna put a penny in until you have some sort of, some some sort of knowledge on what the hell you're doing. So uh, I was using like my uh, Fortnite headset, like my, my PlayStation <laughs> recording about the Red Sox. So then I was doing that show. And then that website turned into something called the Boston sports syndicate. 
so shout out to them, you know, Mike and Bill and Chris. And we I did Red Sox shows and we would just talk Red Sox all the time. And then I did Celtics. And then it was like they had someone who's doing fantasy content there. But I was always like, man, I want to do fantasy. But at the time we were so small, I was like, no, you do this to make this small operation work. Everyone kind of has to stay in their lane. Right. So I was like, all right, no problem. And then one of my buddies started doing uh, a show at this small website called Couch Guy Sports. So shout out to Couch Guy Sports. They, I reached out to them. They let me start writing fantasy baseball content. And I did a fantasy baseball show. And my idea was if you can do this once a week for the season, you will prove to yourself that this is something worth investing in. So, again, I had no mic. I think I got like a mic for Christmas. It was like a $25 mic. And I would just learn how to use whatever the software was at the time to edit. You know, and then you, you start learning a little bit more, a little bit more. And then on that same show, uh, Couch Guy Sports, that same network, I asked to do a fancy football podcast, Q and Jones. That's where I met Chris Jones. It was that Couch Guy Sports. So we did Q and Jones, and it was the same thing. It was like, again, if you can prove to yourself that you can do a once-a-week show and get guests, this was the trick here. It was like now you have to start embedding yourself in the community. Then, again, you can take these steps to invest right. in, in what you're doing. Right. So and then we did that. And then, you know, that's how we met you guys and like Gene and, you know, Josh Larkey was nice enough to come on. Like some guys now that are big in the space at the time weren't necessarily as big as they are now. So they, they were perfectly down to come on. But when I go back to that catalog, I'm like, damn, like this was a pretty cool start in fantasy football, which then led me to reach out to Matt Kelly starting to do articles with them. And then eventually last year I got the opportunity to do the game plan. It's just kind of been off to the races ever since. And I do want to say one thing about Cody Carpentier. He did not respond to me back in the Cuman Jones era where I said, Hey man, would you like to come on the show? He left me on straight red. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. That's Are you what sure he I'm sure it was on read and wasn't seen. <laughs> like was Is there a difference? Savage. Yeah, it might have been seen. He just yeah, saw it. I was like, fuck this guy. But knowing Cody now, I wouldn't expect anything less than him. That kid is that guy is so damn busy. He works so hard. If he just saw some dude being like, hey, come on my show, and he had no point of reference, no like no chin. I didn't I didn't really get into most of the player profile crew other than Larky. And at that time they were kind of like two ships passing the night as Cody got more responsibility, Josh left. So like I this is like at like his like earliest rise to where he got himself to a player profile and he didn't left me on scene or the red or whatever. It was like, damn. And now here we are. Like I just talked to him a million hours a week. It is a, uh, it's so crazy to think like how all these relationships start, Maddie. Like yours and crazy. I, yours and and mine and, and Adams for that matter. Like it doesn't come to fruition. I don't even know if it was you or if it was Jones at the time, but who was running the Key Woman Jones Twitter account? Was it you at the time? Yeah, it was me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you you put out a tweet. I think it was just randomly, like you know, if anybody's interested in guesting on our show, we'd love to have you on. Mm -hmm. Adam and I are just starting out in the space, but I finally hit that point where I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> like I don't I don't know anything yep. about Key Woman Jones. All I know is it's fantasy football, and I just love talking ball. So. I'm going to reply to this. <laughs> I'm going to hit the reply button and be like, I'm in. <laughs> like, yeah. Invite this nobody on. <laughs> and that's how it, that's how it started. You hit me back. Yeah. We hit it off. Come on the show. Absolutely. Have a great time. Then I go and tell Adam about it. Uh, you check out our stuff. And all of a sudden, like then me and Adam are coming on guesting on the show. Mm -hmm. It all culminates with you guys uh, staying with us at the fantasy football expo in 2022. 
and uh, partaking in all the debauchery that we had going on there at that, the original <laughs> shit house out in the middle of uh, bumfuck Egypt, sticks. Ohio. <laughs> Literally, we had to drive down a gravel road to get to the place. Like, <laughs> there was cows and farm animals. Like, I'm from Adam Iowa. Deer. I'm used to it. Right. Adam hit a Remember, deer. Adam, Adam hit a deer. <laughs> Actually, I think technically the deer hit us, right? right oh, my God. That was like the fucking car. <laughs> I mean, I, we, let's call a spade a spade, though. Adam was going 85 miles an hour down that dirt road. <laughs> no, he, he was driving nice and slow. <laughs> he may or may not have been driving uh, at a particular speed at which someone would consider faster than the speed limit, but he may or may not also been just going the speed limit that person was in the car, allegedly had been sipping on adult beverages, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Possibly, and a lot of allegedly. But that's how it all started, right? Like that that's how our relationship started. Here's the thing too, like the I had Cody on last week, your your partner over at the executives. Like pretty much the from the way you make it sound here, right? Like one of the coolest individuals and I already know this, right? Yeah. Yeah. I already know Cody's a fucking dope ass dude, but the way Cody and I's relationship started not even before you guys hooked up and like the executives were a thing. And I knew you guys had been talking behind, you know, the scenes and building a relationship over a player profile. I had no idea. You're one of the coolest people in the space. I had a relationship with you. I didn't have mm-hmm. one with Cody. Cody post, posts this long farewell post when he leaves player profiler. And I just commented on it because I've been following Cody's work for a while. And he hits me up in the DMS to say thanks. And all of a sudden now we got this relationship that just yeah. goes on and on and on. And now he's coming on shows. We're doing a, know south Harmon versus the executives league for championship yeah, belt. Yeah. it's weird how those relationships do it but for people in the content space like it's also just the same thing one you got to be open to building relationships i think with other people and just putting yourself out there but two everybody always asks like how do i do it like how do i do it and and maddie i think you can agree with me just saying just go out and do it just start you gotta do it just go you gotta do it just go you ain't gonna know but I always like, I like what you said right there. Like, I'm going to put myself at a goal. Like, I'm going to do it for a season, or I'm going to do it for a month, or I'm going to do it for this set period of time, and I'm going to know whether or not this is something I want to continue after that. But I'm going to make the commitment to do it for this long. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. if more people took that approach, not just for content, but for anything, like hit the gym. Tell yourself yeah. you're going to hit the gym for a month. <laughs> and just See go. where you're at. Just, right? just go. go. Just go. Who cares? Mm-hmm. I know people get so so afraid of being embarrassed, but I've been called a billion things on the internet. None of it fazed <laughs> me. The vodka still tastes good. Cheers to all the haters. <laughs> Cheers to all the fucking haters. No, that's the way to say it. And the funny thing you learn about podcasting and about being on the internet is if you just hit that X button and it, the app goes down, none of that is real. Right. No one looks at you different. In, no, uh, my buddies in this home league. None of them even know if I say if I was just like, yo, Maddie Kiwum in the house, they would probably go, What are you fucking? They don't fuck with Ooh. my content one percent, one iota. They don't know it at all. Who that that's the and that's that's the that's the reality of it. So, like, you know, if there's anyone out there starting a show and they get a, a bad comment or someone talks shit, you know, someone someone called me, um, what did they say one time? They called me something really mean and uh, pretty hilarious, so it hurt. But it right. was like, you just keep moving. And five minutes later, your mentions are already flooded out. It's not there. Right. Your timeline's a-, a hundred years ahead. You've clicked, you've swiped down three times on X. 
on on Twitter, whatever, it's gone. And then you're back to your shithead buddies. They don't care. Isn't that the craziest thing, though, too? You were talking about it. Uh, your home league doesn't listen to a damn thing that you do. Right? My home league's the same way. Ain't nobody fucking listen to a damn thing I do. <laughs> Maddie, I wish. Like, nothing makes me happier. You and I are in some leagues together. I'm in some leagues with some other content creators. But if I catch something that they say on a podcast, you know, like, I, yeah, I'd trade this guy for this guy. You best believe I'm looking at that fucking league going like, oh, would you? Would Let's, you? Find yep. <laughs> Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's find out if you're full of shit or not. Like I would kill for that kind of insight into my league mates. So it's always crazy. Not that I want them to, you know, promote my shit, but it's a free access to beat my ass every single year because you could abuse the hell out of it if you think differently than I do. You know who they know who you're gonna pay up for. <laughs> they they know who I have an affinity for. They know that yeah. in the you know, I know it's only a one QB league, but they know in like round fifteen there's no chance in hell I'm taking Brock Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They, so the person who's after you in fifteenth round could go. I don't have to worry about it. I'm going to get him back. You ain't going to take him. Yeah, I'll, uh, pass. I'll get him later. So it, it's kind of crazy <laughs> to think. But content wise, all right. So you're in it now. You're doing all this mm-hmm. kind of shit. Do you have any grand plans? Do you have any like goals? Are you still setting goals for yourself for the future, or are you just uh, you know kind of along for the ride and loving every minute of it? It started to just, I've just always been like, okay, keep doing it until you can't, until, uh, you know, home life, work life, things just become too much. So you just keep saying yes, you keep trying. But now that I'm entrenched in it, now that it's like, okay, maybe there's traction here, you do set goals. So now it's like, okay, I wanted to do the game plan for the entire offseason and get even more guests and meet more people did that and now me and cody have starting the the executives and a lot of my not i wouldn't say focus because i'm still doing way more content for player profile than i am the executives but now it's like a little bit more personal you know dion said it in the you, it, some things become personal those obstacles in your way are personal and when you're doing it like you guys you grew south Harmon to what it was and destination debbie was always gonna it's always gonna be a place in your heart where you're like you know thank you guys for that start yeah. but yeah. South Harmon is the it's the thing. It's always been the thing. So now that I kind of have a thing, it's like, oh, oh, you know, that number looks a lot better than it did a week ago. Oh, so right now it's like just putting in the additional content into into Patreon, into the executive. So the goal there is, you know, get to 100 followers uh, or 100 patrons. That's the goal. And then a player profiler, it's just, you know, yeah, that it's player profiler. It, 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 it's such it's the machine, and I love being a part of it, and I love being right. part. You know, working with guys like Bailey Muzio and Matt Kelly and Theo Bremager and Jason Allwine and all those guys. I mean, there's so many cool people, people that I consider legit friends there. So it's like you're always going to put in that hustle. But now that I got the the Patreon, it is like a it's a bit of a new addiction, and I bet you can attest to that. Is when you see the community grow, it's like cool. This is this is cool. It is. It is. It's a, uh, you know, you, you work for a place that feeds you, right? Like you work for a place that gives you food and, and you're grateful for it because it's good food, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a difference if you actually grew that food yourself in your own fucking garden out back and you got to do the work, right? If you, you don't do the hunt. work, you ain't growing shit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to go out and you actually got to kill that, <laughs> got to kill that yep. deer, right? Or you ain't eating, right? So it's a little bit of a different thing. And the, the cool thing about it is you get to see the fruits of your labor in real time, 
like how it goes, how many subscribers you have, you know, what the, the revenue is. And then the community interaction within the Discord, you know, within the people who are diehard supporters of you. Very, very different than than working for a company. Not that working for a company is bad, but I just, I prefer to kind of grow my own thing. And it's kind of mm-hmm. nice to see that. And I think it's awesome. Like you and uh, you and Cody grow this out and, and you see what it can become. And who knows? Like maybe at some point, uh, even for Adam and I, it's like, man, we, we've done all this and this is the best we're going to do. But it just depends on where you want to take it, right? Like mm-hmm. it just depends on are you comfortable with it? And, uh, and I've always said this. I think uh, I think people take it like I'm, I'm bullshitting them, Maddie. But like where we're at right now, if we never grew another iota from where we are at South Harmon, I'd be completely content. I love the community. Mm-hmm. I love what I do. I love, uh, you know, putting on the hat every day and coming to work, <laughs> right? Putting on the shades on the Start Sit show. That's what mm-hmm. I love doing. Like, I still love doing the job. So I think it's incredible. You and I had talked a little bit at the expo last year about, you know, maybe you getting your own Patreon, right? When we were doing with Key mm-hmm. Room and Jones still and uh, talking about Discord and how to do that. So it's so incredibly dope that here we are the following year. And you got your Patreon. <laughs> you got a it's Discord, crazy. which I'm a proud member of, and I encourage everybody to go check out the executives. Maddie, we've talked so much about you. 46 minutes. We haven't really talked about <laughs> fantasy football, so we'll get out of here with a few fantasy football takes. All right? <laughs> right? Okay. Let's talk a little okay. ball, and then we'll get you out the door, buddy. <laughs> I know it's a, it's itching at you. You don't like talking about yourself, but you're such an incredible good guy. I got to fucking get that spotlight out here. <laughs> shine it on Mr. Matty Kewo himself. Dude, I will shine it right back on you, Mike, because this nah, show's fucking awesome. And you little, guys are awesome. I said you get the show shine out. You guys are awesome. I mean, the people can't can't see it because this is podcast only. But my cheeks are like shining, <laughs> and it ain't. We've been smiling a lot today. We've been yeah, laughing and smiling a lot today. All right, Jaden Reed, you you touched it. That was Cody. That was Cody's dude. Cody told mm-hmm. me about him when I had him on the trade show way back when, way back when. Feels like forever mm-hmm. ago. Showed out on Sunday. Showed out. Got heavily involved. Where are you at with him now? Like, are you buying in? Is Cody has Cody turned you to the dark side? Are you a Jaden Reed truther now? Cody had me boughten in when they were down in Mobile, um, down for the Senior Bowl because he. So there you've are certain been a football, truther. I've been, been a truther. truther. I've been a truther. There are certain player skill, player types, and I always you have to understand this is not a one for one. They're going to be this player, but there are certain player types that if I hear someone I trust, someone in the evaluation game spit this comp out, I will immediately get interested and, and be all over it. And uh, one of those type of players is a Stephon Diggs. And, uh, you know, Cody said, I, you know, I don't want to speak in hyperbole, but Jane Reed with draft capital could be somebody that we are looking at like a Stephon Diggs type. So, of course, I was on the radar, always into it. And then he got the top 50 draft capital, and that triggered a lot of guys like Scott Connor. Scott Connor always had that top, I think it was top 50 draft yep. capital rule for yep. receivers. And, you know, there's not many people in the in the biz that uh, put in that type of, uh, you know, put think about fantasy in such clear numbers like he does, in such like, okay, this means that type of mentality. Right, so, like here, here's the cutoff. If they're above it, yeah, they matter. Stats if are stats. Below it, they probably don't matter, right? You know, being great at fantasy, in my opinion, is also being able to get luckier than your league mates in the outliers. Yeah. So as much as I, you know, really gravitate towards the black and white, stay in this algorithm to win in fantasy type of analysis, I also believe, and I also 
kind of portray this in my communications. And I think this is why we gravitate because we, again, we're both cut from that same cloth of, you know, being in the, the, the streets of, of, you know, being with being in the casual leagues, enjoying that fantasy football yeah. aspect of it. You have to be, you know, I don't need to be perfect in the outliers. I just need to be luckier than my league mates in the outliers. And then I really will dominate. So, uh, you know, that part of thinking came into play with Jaden Reed. That's why I thought I was going to be getting as an outlier. Then he gets that top 50 draft capital. And now we're talking, okay, he fits the mold now. And then after watching him this past week, getting eight targets, he only caught four of them. But the most encouraging thing to me was without Aaron Jones, he got those Aaron Jones touches. They didn't give him to A.J. Dillon. They didn't give him to another running back. That pop pass is a play that you've seen routinely done with Aaron Jones. The fact that it went to Jaden Reed means that he's a valuable member of this team, a member of this team that will not fade away when Christian Watson gets back. Now, what we have to hope for if you are a Jaden Reed truther is that Jordan loves better than what he's played like. The touchdowns are there. But if you're in a league where Jordan Reed, uh, Jordan Love has crazy uh, hype, try to set tear up because those touchdowns are going to come down big time. I think I saw Frank Amarante uh, on Twitter say that like his touchdown percentage is like 11.5. Two percent, and Peyton Manning's forty-nine yards touchdown season was nine point one. So <laughs> it's, it's going it's to come back. crashing yeah. down. So, but you, we have to hope that that volume uh, either bumps up or the efficiency bumps up because we need to see extra targets with Jade going Jane Reed's way. But I was actually talking to Cody. His player comp for Jane Reed is kind of molded. It's shifted after watching a play after two weeks, and I think it's a. Uh, a more apt comp and i think after watching him play it probably feels like th- this this comp will translate better than a stefan diggs camp uh comp is brandon cooks you know that pop pass was a play that brandon cooks was really good at executing right, right, he's showing right. the ability to you know go up and get the high ball even though he's only 5 10 he's a little bit bigger than brandon cooks so he theoretically can, can do a little bit more on the field you know draft capital wise we're talking about a round difference it's not so bad in what in favor of cooks that i'm like okay so if we're talking about stefan dix on the high end with volume on the low end we're talking brandon cooks on the saints brandon cooks on the pats maybe that's still somebody you want to be a part of so i'm in on, on jane reed if you can get him at a discount i would absolutely be trying to do so if people try to sell high uh because they see eight targets four catches let them uh, let them play right into your trap but uh, if you have someone who's sharp and they're clearly coming after plays that you know in your gut Eesh, that's a little too expensive. I would stay away because there is that chance. Uh, they do that. Two touchdowns uh, in week two is going to definitely bump that value, even in the most casual leagues. Right. Like people people just look at the final fantasy points, and that's all. 19 fantasy points. And that's, right. then they're going to try to sell high. So if their high is a player that you're like, oh, yeah. Like if I had Marvin Mims in redraft, and someone was like, here, take my Jaden Reed. Give me Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims had two catches. It was uh, 113 yards and a touchdown. I'd rather have that. It's like that is where you can make some profit because Mims on the field, 16 snaps. I want Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed's in a position to be good when the team's bad, and that's right. the guys you want. Right. You're looking at you're looking at how much usage they're getting, right? More mm-hmm. than just the flash. Right? Yeah. Mims looks yeah. great because he, you know, cut two balls for over 100 and some yards, <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, look at this. Yeah. But then you look at the total for the game and you go, he's kind of an afterthought for the rest of it. Nobody really gave a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 16 snaps. I mean, he was devastating those 16 snaps, but I don't know. How how are you going to rely on that for a season? (laughs) Every single week you got to push the button. What are you going to do when when those 60 snaps equaled no catches for no yards? 
<laughs> right. You want to know how I, we got gray in the beard? It's starting Deshaun Jackson post prime. That's yeah. how you get that stress beard. Deshaun Jackson was a great wide receiver three. Period. Mm-hmm. Like if you had him as your wide receiver three, and maybe Marvin Mims will be that too. Like maybe mm-hmm. he will be. It just uh, you don't really want to do it now. And some people are so excited, like they're like, uh, I just need him. Like this is all I need. I need a wide receiver two and Mar. Yep. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. You know what I need in my wide receiver two spot? A guy who's getting, you know, 70% of the snaps, 80%. You of want the those snaps. snaps. Who's getting the target share, right? Deshaun Jackson, the man before best ball. I mean, holy cow. Remember those days yes. having to play in lineup leagues with Deshaun Jackson? I'm trying to see here just on a keep trade cut for Dynasty Ranks because I love using that, right? Oh, man. One, Marvin Mims, I'm pretty sure started ahead of Jaden Reed. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. Uh, just because. People like Marvin Mims a lot more than Jaden Reed. <laughs> they, they like to profile a lot more. Mm-hmm. But Jaden Reed's on the move up. Uh, wide receiver 47. So he's still easily attainable, at least uh, mm-hmm. according to the people that keep trade cut. Maddie, yep. would would you be comfortable second-round pick for uh, for Jaden Reed as long as it wasn't guaranteed early? Yeah, for sure. For sure. If I fit, if you fancy yourself competitive, you're, you're – I mean, you're shooting for mid to late, right? Mid to late, yep. Then yeah, I would do that because you had to use a, an early second round pick to get him in rookie drafts this year. He went in, in the first round of, of a few rookie drafts, late in the first, obviously, but he went you know early in some in rookie drafts. So if you're just paying at cost and you're trying to win, give me the player, not the asset, because the asset is is a long term play, and you can always get another pick back. You can always do something else. You can always cash in on someone who spikes that you're not a believer in. But when it comes down to getting a player at cost that I believe is sustainable over a three-year period, then I'm taking it. Here's the crazy thing. People still, at least on Keep Trade Cut, value Romeo Dobbs over Jaden Reed. Maddie, I think that's the pivot I try to make. Yeah, yes, if you could do that, absolutely. Romeo Dobbs, or as my boy Cody Carpentier calls him, Romeo Dogwater Dobbs. You know, (laughs) he's, he's, uh, I mean – his, there's nothing in his athletic profile that suggests he's going to push anyone aside. When you see what Wicks has done in his kind of small opportunities, right. wouldn't he kind of fit the mold better when Christian Watson's back? Because you'd have more speed on, on the inside, outside. You'd have a playmaker where Dubes is, yeah, he can. he's a clasher. He can go pluck it out of the air, but that doesn't seem like someone I would like to bet on in today's football. And I've never been really high on Romeo Dobbs. He did have a nice ascension and made me look like shit, but this year yeah. he's kind of coming back to earth and he doesn't look that great with Christian Watson out uh, and no Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Jordan loved throwing right. the football. Like I said, like you said, Dontavian Wicks has been a nice surprise on that, that Green mm-hmm. Bay offense. And not because in lineup leagues or redraft you should really give a shit. Please don't. No. <laughs> but all those team deep, building sense. <laughs> all, all those deep best ball rosters that I have Dontavian Wicks on, they love the shit out of that, man. <laughs> right. And we haven't seen Luke Musgrave uh, ascend to where we believe he could probably get to. So, I mean, Dubes is, is looking like a nice number four receiver, number five option on that offense. In the let me get it, let me get you out of here with a really tough question then about Jaden Reed. We'll put okay. your feet to the fire. Okay. Because one of them starting to ascend, mm-hmm. and the other one has been nothing but fucking tanks since he got in the league. Jamison Williams or Jaden Reed? Who you got oh, right now? Jaden Reed, all day long. Fuck, let's go. All day let's long. Go. It was the, I would have done this in the beginning of the year. And and what my analysis on Jameson Williams may come back to bite me in the ass because it's not it's not rooted in uh you know the the 
what do you want to call it? Like the analytics or the the smart plays of fantasy football, if you will. It's in bro science. And bro science sometimes is just trusting your gut and seeing things that isn't tangible by numbers. And my analysis on Jameson Williams is Dan Campbell hates uh, unreliable players. We saw him push a talent like DeAndre Swift out of town like it was nothing. DeAndre Swift uh, is an insane talent. Um, he showed again on Thursday night why he was the best running back on that team. He always was the best running back on that team, and it wasn't even close. Now, usage is up to the coaches. That ain't up to me. That ain't up to you. So if Gainwell comes back and gets 60% of the touches, that ain't our fucking fault. That doesn't mean that Gainwell's better than DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is the best running back on that team. And Dan Campbell said, you know, I don't care. Craig Reynolds, you're up. You know, Jamar Jefferson, you're up. Fucking anybody, Just, you're Justin up. Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson, you're up. There was, it, it didn't matter. He was so unreliable in his eyes. And then you look at Jameson Williams. First round draft pick, you know, coming back from injury, not his problem, not, not his fault. But reports were it, it, it took longer than anticipated. That He wasn't the guy that was in the room that, you know, he wasn't there all day long. You know, the Chris Godwin is an example of somebody who, you know, right, ACL surgery, grinded right. his ass off and was back at a high level earlier than expected and is now back to pretty much full form because he grind. James Williams was getting reports that that wasn't necessarily the case. Then he comes out and has the gambling incident. Unreliable. So now there are these two big strikes against him. Uh, there's two years uh, you know, into his, into his deal that he hasn't uh, lived up to. That's not good. And then now you're seeing Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond. They might not have the cachet as a first-round pick, but they're doing the work. They're biting kneecaps, the shit that Dan Campbell loves. <laughs> yes, sir. So when Jameson Williams gets back, he may be just be a one-trick pony. Like If you think that Jameson Williams, if he's not on the straight and narrow, pushes Marvin Jones off the field, you're crazy. And I know that sounds nuts because Marvin Jones hasn't done shit, but he's a pro. Like Marvin Jones is a pro. And if you think he's going to push Josh Reynolds, who just caught two touchdowns, who's only ever done what Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions needed to win football games, you're mistaken. He will not give the baton to the unreliable youngster, no matter how talented he is. Will he put him on the field and be like, earn my trust? Sure. And could he do that because he's that talented? Of course. But I'm not hey, betting on that. I'm not I, th- betting I think on the, the realistic scenario too, Maddie, is like they may put him on the field but he's just going to be out there to run wind sprints. Like he's going to be that Deshaun Jackson at best you could hope for. Yeah. But, you know, I, I would say this, this, it's going to be, listen, people think because he's got first round draft capital and I love JMO coming out. Right. But the knee mm-hmm. injury kind of changed a lot and then it made you hesitant. And then when we saw him last year, it wasn't good. Right. Barely getting any kind of opportunity, playing mm-hmm. a lot on special teams, just as a punt gunner. In your what you just said here, your analysis on Dan Campbell and what he want, what he wants, you could see a lot of the same shit that you saw last year when he comes back. Where it's mm-hmm. like this guy's going to be out here to run wind sprints, and I think like the best case scenario, like a realistic outcome for Jamison Williams, is he's got a Rashid Shahid role. And for your lineup leagues, like who gives a fuck? Right? right. Like Shahid's nice. Like don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But there's also, you know, how many other receivers in that, like, ballpark who are a deep threat? Marvin Mims, we just talked about one, mm-hmm. could take the top off of defense, but their usage is going to be absolute dog shit. Like, people are still holding on to that. Man, first-round draft capital, look how explosive he was at Alabama. Like, I think it's out the window, man. Now if Jamison Williams actually hits, he's in the outlier category, Matty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's gone so far in that outlier category now that I just go, yeah, I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm good. Yep. I'm I'm with you. I think, uh, I'm yeah, I'm gonna go see if I can turn uh, 
before I publish this. <laughs> Maybe one or two of those JBO shares that I still have left. I don't have many. I don't have right, many. Right. Um, but you know, I still got a, a few hanging around where I couldn't get first for in the off season. But let me go see if I get a little Jaden Reed, sneaky, sneaky Jaden Reed, sneaky Jaden. I mean, they're manufacturing touches for him, and the quarterbacks get comfortable and they find their guys in certain situations. Christian Watson will always be the guy. He's the most talented. He's one of the most athletic receivers in in football. But I mean, if Jaden Reed's getting eight targets, Jaden Reed's getting manufactured touches. That he's not going away. I love it. I love it. A lot of these other guys are hard to argue Jaden Reed over right now at this point. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. you're, you're, you and Cody are wrong on this one. I'm, I'm big on Jaden Reed. I liked him coming out, but keep trade cuts, moving his ass up. <laughs> he keeps moving up higher and higher. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, right? Mm-hmm. Well, two touchdowns games will do that, man, because that's the right. stuff that no matter what kind of league you're in, sharp or casual, you're not. it's tough to trade away 19 fantasy points. It just It's hard to trade that away without getting what you feel is a good return. Oh, man. And I just uh, I toot my horn a little bit here. You made the move, but I defended the shit out of the move last year. Remember when you got Jacoby Myers for like a third? What's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, did play this week, but goddamn yeah. week one was good. <laughs> Those pass catchers, I mean, if, listen, If you, I don't make the rules. I just joined the PPR leagues. But if you're going to tell me <laughs> yeah, a guy I can get five catches for one yard and it's 5.1 fantasy points, I'm going to take the guy that has that kind of, that type of ability. Hell yeah. It, in through thick and thin, you know, uh, in your tournament leagues, we're not talking, we're talking about totally different things, you know, and like these FFPC championships in Scott Fishbowl, you want upside, you don't want floor. But in your normal, most off lineup league, you want the guys that can keep you within the scoring radius, you know, every week. And then you're in the playoffs. And then at that point, you know, you're in the dance. Let's see what happens, baby. Put your dancing shoes on. Love it. Love it, buddy. All right, Maddie, tell the people where they can find you at, where they can find you on X. Um, I'm transitioning. I'm calling it X now. X. <laughs> yeah, you have X. to, right? If, if they're going to call it that, it's X. So I got to get with the times, right? It's kind of like Brock yeah. Purdy. I just I made a trade for uh, for Brock Purdy today. I, I saw it on Twitter. All right. Very big of you. You traded me Brock Purdy in a league I needed a quarterback desperately, I think, for like a third or second round. Yeah. Because yeah, really. you're in the heyday of being. Yeah. And... <laughs> Let's call it. Let, let, that that's portfolio. The perfect way to end this, perfect way to end this show is that you were so real in your analysis that I knew when there was a good time to ask you about Brock Purdy because you were talking shit on Brock Purdy. I was like, hey, I don't hate him. I, I need a quarterback desperately in this league. What do you want for him? So it's like you were out there being real, and I was able to capitalize on it. So that's can, the type of guy you are. You're real you can, as hell. You can never say that I don't follow through with the shit I say. You're a real one. <laughs> if I You're say a it, real I mean one, it. Mr. Grinch. No you know? <laughs> Where can they find you at on Twitter, Matty? So Jesus, I fucked it up. <laughs> you can find me X and out uh, at Matty Kiwoom. Uh, I got my articles, uh, the game plan, trade gods, future cast at player profile. So subscribe to the player profile YouTube channel. And but just me and Cody uh, doing things over at uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash executives. We just started the executives of fantasy football YouTube channel. So subscribe to that as we're trying to grow our audience there. The hurdles coming out each week. Uh, we just did a, a Sunday night football hang. Uh, that we're going to start doing on Sunday nights. Maybe we can have a collabo Sunday night football Ooh, yeah, hang yeah, yeah. with South Harmon. We, me and Cody, it was it was a blast. All we were doing was pretending like we were the announcers of the game, talking shit, watching the game, talking fantasy, you know, that yeah. whole thing. So it was a lot of fun. We, we, so, could, we could Manning cast this. So, <laughs> yeah, so maybe we have a joint Manning cast on Sunday night football coming Let's up. Go. So you want to tune into that. It's a lot of fun. You know, we're just having fun out here, boys. 
Uh, check that out, buddy. Uh, definitely. I, I missed that one. There's so much stuff. You guys work so hard, too. I can't catch everything that you do. You can't. You just can't <laughs> in catch be, everything. In between everything that we do as well. <laughs> but, yeah. There's only 20,000. You know, Sunday Night Manning Cast, that, that actually sounds like a pretty good collab, right? We'll go over to the, uh, the so. executive's YouTube page. And we'll just hang out. We'll just hang out for, uh, you know, three hours, drink and talk shit about what's going on. I love it. That's a great idea. Maddie, the best uh, thing we did, the best thing we did when, when it was halftime, they knew how they do like the fastest two minutes. We muted the screen and we did the fastest two minutes. It was, you know, uh, it was fun. It was fun. Let's just call it that. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Maddie, thank you so much for being on. Uh, it's been an incredible two weeks here with the uh, the executives on the South Harmon Spotlight. I appreciate you, buddy. Uh, you're an incredible friend, an incredibly good content creator, incredibly smart. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm running out of compliments here. <laughs> Let's just call this. The, this is the end of the circle jerk between Mike and Maddie. So <laughs> yes. we, we both are admirable. For I mean, now. We love each other. We're friends. You know, thank you so much for having me on, dude. Like I said a million times, I'll say it a million more, regardless if this is the final straw of the circle jerk. You're the best. You and Adam, you guys are just true, like real ones. Appreciate I know the term gets thrown around now and people they just met for five minutes, but now having known you for years, you know, you guys are real ones. You guys are awesome. We, we can say years now. We can say, we can say years. years. It's this multiple awesome. years. <laughs> we're, we're way over one. Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it here on the South Harbor Spotlight. Make sure you're going following Maddie on everything that he's doing. An incredible guy. And big news for the South Harmon Spotlight. Uh, the string of incredible guests continues uh, next week, I believe. Uh, well, I shouldn't say. Coming up within the next two weeks, we will have Debro from Fantasy Pros. Derek Brown will be on, followed by Mr. Nate Liss himself. So make sure you're tuning in to those next two episodes. Appreciate everybody. I'll see you back here same time, same place next week. Peace.